So there is this great podcast that I'd like to recommend to you all. Uh, it's called Dare to Lead by psychologist Brene Brown. And many of you probably heard of Brene Brown. Her uh, talk on tech has been, uh, TED, sorry, her talk on TED has been viewed like millions and millions of times. And she wrote uh, a few, several um, best-selling books such as Braving the Wilderness and Dare to Lead, which is um, her most recent book. And she actually has a podcast out on Spotify, which goes by the same name, Dare to Lead. But you can also visit, uh, find it on her website, which I will pull up uh, right now. So even if you don't have a Spotify premium membership, you could still listen to this podcast on her website. And I strongly recommend you listen to the last one where she interviews Priya Parker. Now, Priya Parker is a community leader and she also has a great book out right now called The Art of Gathering. And Brene Brown and Priya Parker in this two-part podcast, uh, they have a really great honest discussion about what it looks like to start gathering again, to regather uh, once things start opening up fully. Now, um, there are, uh, I, I couldn't recommend this book by Priya Parker anymore. Um, this is a really, really great book, especially if you are a leader or a host of some kind who regularly uh, brings together groups of people. But this is uh, The Art of Gathering is a great book that you need to read. But um, one of the reasons why I like this kind of most recent conversation that uh, Brene Brown and Priya Parker have together is that they're very honest with each other. Uh, Priya Parker lays out just a lot of the excitement that she has about gathering together, but she also expresses a lot of the anxiety and fears that she has of gathering together. And I found that to be very refreshing because Likewise, I am very excited to be meeting together in person uh, very, very soon with everyone, um, definitely with our, with our church friends, but also being able to meet with my uh, close friends uh, indoors and not just limited to outdoor or backyard spaces. Um, and, you know, getting together maybe with some like uh, school parents or other acquaintances like that. Uh, so. You know, about a year ago, once we were a couple months into the COVID lockdown, I just wanted it to be over as soon as possible. Um, but I, I have to admit, now that we've been in this for like a, a year and a few months, I have to admit that I, I kind of got used to it. <laughs> I kind of got used to this uh, COVID lockdown. Now, it's not that I prefer being in lockdown uh, over, you know, working in public spaces or seeing my church community in person or um, being ignorant of my neighbor's political views. I definitely don't prefer it, but eventually I got to the point where I got comfortable with it. So now that I have to go talk to other parents at my kid's school, or I have to prepare a group gathering every Sunday. Um, and now I know a lot of my neighbors' political views. Uh, I'm not quite as excited as, as I was a year ago. And this is part of the reason why we read from 
the passage that we just looked at today, which is Joshua chapter 1, okay? Uh, Joshua chapter 1 goes over uh, this next generation of Israelites who are on the, on the edge of entering into the promised land, okay? The promised land that was promised to Moses, the prophet Moses, and his generation 40 years prior, more than 40 years prior to this, okay? Now, many of you might be familiar with the promised land, but for the, some of you who might not be, let me just break it down for you really quickly. Um, so uh, over 40 years prior to today's passage in Joshua chapter 1, God had sent the prophet Moses to go into the land of Egypt and to free uh, all of the Israelites, the Jews, uh, who were made into slaves in the land of Egypt, okay? These, this was over a million people who were enslaved in the nation of Egypt. And they were basically like uh, Pharaoh's property. Pharaoh was the great emperor of Egypt at the time. And Moses was a lowly shepherd man, okay? And he, he, you know, God told Moses to go to the most powerful man in the world and to give up his property, okay? These millions of people, <laughs> okay? That's kind of like if um, God told me a very humble, nobody, like no name, no, no one famous pastor uh, to go to Russia, <laughs> to go to Russia and demand that uh, Vladimir Putin um, release all his like nuclear weapons. Okay, it's kind of like similar to that. All right. Um, so uh, amazingly, though, um, God gives Moses everything that uh, he needs in order to free the Israelites out of Egypt. Okay, out of slavery, out of Egypt, and they end up wandering in the desert. For 40 years okay this is the period of the wilderness okay they end up wandering in the desert for 40 years but this journey from going uh, from slavery in Egypt um, and journeying through the desert to get to the promised land shouldn't have should not have taken that long okay um, actually just that journey alone by foot it would have been uh, a couple months maybe with uh, over a million people, all right? But, but if it was just like a couple of people, it, like scholars say it could have just taken a couple of weeks, okay? But for whatever reason, this journey ended up taking 40 years, okay? 40 years where they're wandering around in the, in the desert. Now that makes um, a lot of people wonder, right? A lot of people think like, why did God wait so long? Okay, a lot of people ask this question, like, why did God wait so long? Why did God make the Israelites wait 40 years in the wilderness before going into the promised land? But that is the wrong question, you see, because God was ready to send them into the promised land whenever, all right? The, the correct question should be, what took the Israelites so long to get ready before they could enter the promised land, okay? What took the Israelites so long to be prepared, to be ready before they could enter the promised land? You have to remember that these over a million people, the Israelites, they used to be slaves, all right? And so they're learning what it means to be free people. 
they also did not have a government of their own, right? And so God had to teach them what it meant to be their own nation, right? Uh, but most importantly, okay, most importantly, God was preparing them spiritually for what was to come. Okay, God was preparing them spiritually for what was to come. Unfortunately, many of the people in Moses' generation would not see the promised land. Okay, they would die out before they could actually see the promised land. In some ways, it, it was not meant for them to enter into the promised land. And, and, and unfortunately, many of them were uh, too old to change. Um, maybe just not being slaves was already like liberation enough and they didn't necessarily need to go into the promised land to know what it's like to live as free people maybe living as those 40 years as a free person was enough for them um, but by and large it was probably because they weren't ready yet okay they weren't ready yet to take on the challenges that lie ahead and here's the thing about the promised land that nobody ever told me, okay? And I wish they told me uh, before I, um, I kind of uh, uh, discovered it for myself, okay? The promised land was not necessarily easy, okay? We think of the promised land being like problem-free and like free of any obstacles or stuff like that. But in actuality, the promised land was not going to be easy. Yes, the Israelites came out of slavery and escaped Egypt. And, so, and they expected the promised land to show up just after a few weeks. But those weeks turned into months and those months turned into 40 years. And they were getting restless and eventually thought the promised land would show up, but it never did. And it took 40 years wandering in the wilderness to get there and in many ways the Israelites kind of became um, accustomed to wandering for 40 years for wandering in the wilderness they were comfortable living in tents they kind of enjoyed that camping lifestyle and they began to have children and those children grew up to become adults okay and that's pretty much what we have with people like Joshua and Caleb and this next generation of young Israelites who would go into the promised land and they were the ones who would eventually be the uh, be the people to actually inherit the promise that was given to their parents generation over 40 years prior now in many ways um, these past 14 15 months have kind of felt like we were wandering in the wilderness, right? I mean, for now I'm being figurative, okay? We're not literally wandering around in the desert for 40 years. I mean, maybe some of us are. But uh, it kind of feels like we were spiritually, um, organizationally, maybe for some of us professionally. We're kind of like floating around, wandering for, for, uh, for a long time, okay? And, you know, the first few months we were very restless and we were eager to get to wherever the promised land was. And after like half a year, we kind of got comfortable with this weird state that we're in. I know I definitely have, right? But there have been a lot of bad things that happened. 
this past year, okay? Like the wildfires. Do you remember the wildfires that happened in California in 2020? It's like the worst fires that this state has ever seen in over 100 years. And all the racially based violence that we saw um, in the past year. And uh, not to mention the global pandemic. Uh, personally, in our community, I've lost uh, a lot of people uh, along the way um, in our community, in our church. A lot of it has to do with our church's involvement with social justice issues. Some people didn't like that I was involved with some uh, Black Lives protests um, over the summer of 2020. And so for that reason, some people left. And so uh, there are like reasons like that that make me anxious uh, for gathering in person again and for this new, new normal, which everyone keeps talking about. Because honestly, nobody really knows what this new normal will look like. And we are on this journey, this journey that God had promised to us, this, this spiritual journey, which has its highs and its lows, but for the most part, it's very mundane. And we may be on the precipice of entering into the promised land, but we don't really know what the promised land looks like. But one thing is for sure, okay? Things will probably get worse before they get better because this is usually the case, all right? things often get worse before they get better. This is definitely the case with Joshua, who becomes the new leader of the Israelites, and this next generation of Israelites. Things are going to actually get harder for them before things get better. Okay? They are on the edge, they are on the precipice of the promised land, and the things that they are about to encounter are going to really challenge them. Maybe these were obstacles that were too big for their, the previous generation to be able to handle, all right? But these young Israelites uh, grew up wandering around in the wilderness, okay? They have lived for most of their lives as free people, more of their lives as free people than they did as slaves, all right? So um, they're ready, okay? They're ready to enter into the promised land, but it's not without its problems. Okay, uh, let me just read for us um, a couple verses from today's passage, all right? In the first two verses of Joshua chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. All right? just in these first couple verses there's bad news okay first moses is dead the, the great leader of the israelites who led them out of egypt who led them out of slavery who gave them the ten commandments who taught them uh well it was god that taught them but it was through moses what it meant to be their own nation okay he's dead right that's the first bad news the second bad news <laughs> is that they have to cross the Jordan River, okay? This isn't like a little stream. This is like a massive, massive river, and they had no idea how they were going to do that, all right? 
Um, and so that's the other news, okay? And they are about to end. And the third bad news, and this is a little bit um, uh, reading between the lines here. Uh, they're about to enter the land that uh, God is about to give to them, all right? And they have no idea what's in this land or who's in this land, all right? And so right out the gate, there's like three pieces of bad news. Moses is dead. They have to cross this massive Jordan River, and they're about to enter into this land that they're completely unfamiliar with, all right? And later in today's passage, God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Okay, Joshua, this new leader of this next generation of Israelites, uh, God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Not once, not twice, but three times. Okay, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous three times. Once in verse 6, once in verse 7, and then once in verse 9. God told Joshua and the next generation of Israelites this because he, they will undoubtedly face obstacles. So they need to be strong. Okay, They need to be strong. Uh, likewise, there will definitely be things that scare them. So that's why God was telling them to be courageous, to be courageous. They are about to enter the promised land, but the promised land will still have its problems. I don't know where we got this idea that the promised land will not have problems. Um, I think it might be because we make, we may have made the promised land synonymous with heaven, all right? Like this land or this place or this like spiritual realm that we go to after we die to be united with God. Um, but that's not what the promised land is, okay? In the name alone, it says that it's not heaven, okay? It's the promised land. It's still land. It's still earth, okay? It's still here in this planet, all right? This, this world, all right? Um, so even if we do enter into the promised land, it's still going to have problems, okay? We're still going to have issues. We're still going to have obstacles that we need to overcome. And in many ways, we are about to leave this COVID lockdown, this period of wandering in the wilderness for the past 14, 15 months, and we might enter a new promised land of our own, but it's going to have a lot of problems. I'm not exactly sure what these problems will look like, but uh, that is definitely one thing that we can be sure of is that uh, it will have problems, okay? And things will often get worse before they get better. Okay, this is what the spiritual life, this is what a spiritual journey looks like oftentimes, is that things get worse before they get better. And, but here's the other thing that uh, this passage teaches us a lot about entering into um, the promised land, okay, or this new uh, next stage of our lives, okay, this new normal that a lot of us are entering into. You don't have to have your entire plan figured out. Okay, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to know the next step. Okay, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to know the next step. God will provide you with what you need when you need it. Now again, going back to the first two verses of this passage, God told them, 
the next thing they had to do, okay? Moses is dead, all right? Uh, the next thing that they had to do was cross the Jordan River to enter into that land, okay? That's really everything that God told them, all right? He didn't tell them what kind of people were going to be there, okay? He didn't ha tell them, like, uh, how they're going to get their resources or how they're going to, like, find food and shelter or anything like that, okay? God simply told them just one thing at a time. <laughs> one thing at a time, which was to cross the Jordan River. That's all you got to worry about right now, okay? That's, that's what he was telling Joshua, okay? He's like, uh, don't worry about what you're going to do like next uh, in, in next year, okay? Just right now, what you got to do is cross the Jordan River. I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that like, um, I, I'm, I'm a terrible planner, okay? So my wife in our family, my wife is the one who often does a lot of our planning for us, especially when it comes to financial planning or... Um, when it comes to like uh, planning our vacations, like she's the one that ends up doing a lot of that planning. I just do what she tells me to do, okay? Like she tells me like, oh, find another part-time job. And I'm like, okay. And then I just go and do it. Or like for vacations, like she'll tell me like, carry these bags. I'm like, okay. So I'm kind of like, I, I guess in some ways I'm kind of like her servant. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But uh, the one thing that God wants to remind all of us, because we don't know what this new normal will look like, is that you don't have to have everything figured out, okay? You just need to know the next step you're going to take. God will provide you with the other stuff when you need it, when you need it. In other passages of the Bible, um, particularly the Old Testament, God reassures His people time and time again that he, he is with them, okay? And he also goes before them. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, it says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This is what God said to the previous generation, okay? In Deuteronomy, that's really meant for Moses and the older generation. God knew what lied ahead of them. Okay, and he wouldn't lead them there if he thought that they couldn't handle it. Likewise, God knows what lies ahead of you. And God wouldn't lead you there if he didn't think you couldn't handle it. And he will provide you with everything that you need in order to endure. In uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Part of the reason why God doesn't share everything with us uh, that's going to happen or that's, you know, um, in our future is because our finite human minds probably can't handle it. Okay, you ever thought about that? Like, maybe... Uh, maybe, just maybe, God not revealing everything to us in our lives all at once is a sign of mercy. Okay, is a, is a sign of His love, His grace, His mercy, because maybe our, our heads would just explode with all of that knowledge, all right? Or maybe our hearts can't take it, our emotions can't take it, okay? 
And so he reveals a little bit at a time. This, this journey that we're on, okay, he reveals a little bit at a time because we are changing, we are evolving, we are hopefully maturing as we are moving along this path. And he is revealing to us just like the next couple steps ahead as, as, as we can handle it, all right? It also says in Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. There were so many times in my life when I had no idea what I was doing, but by God's grace, the Holy Spirit would lovingly guide me and show me how to move forward. Uh, a recent example of this is um, a couple weeks ago uh, at the hospital where I do my chaplaincy. We uh, tried something new as a spiritual care team. Okay, there's a, a team of chaplains that work together at that hospital. There's like uh, four full timers and there's um, maybe four or five part timers like me who work at that hospital. And during National Week of Prayer, which was a couple weeks ago, uh, our director wanted to actually set up like prayer stations in the different um, buildings of our hospital campus. And so we, um, I, I was set up, I set up the sign in uh, one of the hospital lobbies that said, uh, need prayer. <laughs> and I would stand there next to the sign, like a dweeb, like waving at people saying, hi, do you need prayer? <laughs> and uh, I was so nervous about it. I had no idea how it was gonna turn out. So, you know, people pass by and I, I would wave to them. I would ask them, like, if they need prayer. And surprisingly, about half the people I asked said yes. And so they came up to me and I would ask them quickly because it was just only supposed to be a couple minutes long. And I asked them, like, in passing, like, okay, so what can I pray for uh, as I pray for you? What can I keep in mind? And they would just say it really simply, right? Like, oh, please pray for my son. He's applying to college or like please pray for my husband he's dealing with this sickness right now whatever it is right and as i'm praying for these like hospital staff members or maybe some visitors or maybe some patients that i don't know that i'm meeting for the first time uh, the holy spirit would give me the words to say and you know again like they only shared with me like a couple sentences of their own personal lives but for some reason the Holy Spirit would give me very specific words to say and I would say it about this person without really knowing much about them and there were so many times when uh, I said uh, in your name we pray amen and we would open our eyes and there would be like tears in on the face of the staff person that I prayed for or the visitor or the patient that I prayed for and many of them said, uh, you said exactly what I needed to hear. And that really, I'm not saying this like because I, I, uh, I'm, I'm hopefully I, I'm not coming off as bragging, but like I really do believe like the Holy Spirit was using me and I was just paying attention to her voice. I was just paying attention to how she was leading me and guiding me and I would just follow uh, her lead. Uh, 
I don't know how my life ended up where it is right now. Okay, like, I mean, I could look back and, like, be able to tell you, but, like, if God revealed everything to me, um, like, maybe, like, 20 years ago, I would probably have headed in a completely opposite direction, okay? Just kind of knowing my rebellious nature. But by God's grace, He showed me a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and now I'm here. Okay, now I'm here. Okay, uh, so you don't have to have your entire everything figured out. Okay, you don't have to have the entire plan figured out. You just need to know the next step. And lastly, um, and this is closely related to this. Okay, God will provide you with what you need. God will provide you with what you need. In um, the last verse of today's passage. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 it says God says to Joshua have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go God will provide you with what you need if God led you there he will give you what you need there's this like a really cheesy, pithy Christian saying that says, uh, where God guides, he provides. I know that's like, oh God, that's like a super cheesy, like Christian bumper sticker motto, but uh, it's kind of true, okay? If God led you there, if he guided you there, if he called you there, he will provide you with everything that you need, okay? And we can't just rely on God in the highs and the lows okay we have to rely on God through the very mundane of life and that is most of our lives okay that is the vast majority of this journey that we're on this journey that God promised us this journey that God promised us it will lead us to a promised land of some kind Okay, for us, it might be this new normal that is on our horizon next month. <laughs> um, but it's not going to be without its problems. Okay, Things will probably get worse before it gets better. You don't have to have everything figured out. Okay, You just need to know the next step. And God will provide you with what you need once you get there. So if you are just as lost, just as confused, and just as wandering and meandering through life as I am, uh, don't be afraid because I am certain that there are many of us who are in, there, in that same boat, okay? And part of the reason why I believe God placed our community here, Perch.Church, to exist during this time of global pandemic is because he wants us to gather spiritual wanderers together. We are a hospitable community of faith for wanderers, misfits, and curious. Okay, these are spiritual wanderers. Okay, spiritual misfits and spiritually curious people. If that's you, I really do hope that you join us in this journey um, that we are um, inviting you on together. We don't have to have everything figured out, okay? We just need to take that next step because I know and I trust 
that God will provide us with what we need once we get there. Let us pray. Lord, I know that um, these past 14, 15 months have been incredibly hard. It feels like we've been wandering in our own spiritual deserts, our own spiritual wilderness for 40 years as well. And now we are eager and ready to enter into the promised land. But that is not without its set of problems. Um, you know, and there might be some fear, some anxiety, some trepidation that goes along with that. And that's okay too. Because um, every day is an opportunity to trust in you, to rely on you, to lean on you, to give us the strength, the wisdom, the endurance to persevere. And we also believe and trust that every obstacle, every challenge that we have experienced so far has prepared us for what's to come. And you will give us everything that we need in order to uh, do well and not just survive, but thrive in this next season of our lives. And we also pray for our community, for Perch, that as we as we gather together in person in real life very very soon that you would create in us a bond a unity and a spiritual fervor spiritual excitement for being together i know that uh, you have brought us together for a reason and then that you called us to be a church in this time, in this really uh, unpredictable, tumultuous time for a reason, Lord. Um, and help us to be that shining light, that beacon of hope for those who are spiritually wandering. Because in many ways, we are also wandering. And um, it, so, Lord, if, you, if it is in your will, would you allow us to create that hospitable community where other spiritual wanderers can gather together and create something beautiful. Thank you. We love you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.